So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Change Agent's Dilemma for Tuesday, October 12, 2010 on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Heather Stagel, coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia, as I do every two weeks on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. This show is one of the many ways I help equip individuals to lead organizational change at Enclaria LLC. The Change Agent's Dilemma is how to influence change without authority. And this show is a resource for people who are leading change from the middle to understand how change works and learn new ideas for how to implement it. And I know one of the common challenges for change agents is justifying spending resources on all the soft stuff. And today, my guest is David Miller, who is here to share the results of a study on the ROI, or return on investment, of change management. David founded Change First Limited in 1995. He works on client strategy and has a particular interest in developing change leaders and building competitive advantage through creating and sustaining organizational change capability. He is widely quoted in a wide range of media on the subject of change management and leadership and is currently writing his first book, provisionally titled How Your People Can Make Change Successful, which is due to be published in early 2011. His academic background is in economics, politics, and psychology. He has lived and worked in Europe and the United States. He has also worked in Asia. Uh, Right now he's based in the U.K., although he's calling from Munich, Germany. So, uh, David, welcome to the show. Oh, well, thank you, Heather. Thank you very much for inviting me. So tell me a little bit of the background for the research that you did. How did it come about? Okay. Um, well, as you did in the introduction, our, um, our organization's focus is on helping people and organizations implement change effectively. Um, and from our perspective, that means skills, methodology transfer. And we've been doing that for about 15 years. And I think last year, we kind of got prompted, really, I think a couple of things. One is, I think we began to believe there's a little bit too much focus on failure in change. You know, these numbers of 70% are banded around. Um, for reasons I won't go into now, because we don't have the time, I'm not sure those numbers are always realistic, and, it, and it's quite a negative spin. The second thing is, as I looked at all the research, and we collect a lot of research, we've done some prior research, we had a a, a research paper a couple of years ago called The Unplayed Piano, for example, um, was that no one was really separating out the actual effects of change management on projects. So there's a lot of the research and data says, you know, 70% of projects are unsuccessful, but we couldn't seem to, to isolate the change management effects. Um, so we began a, a LinkedIn discussion. We have a group on LinkedIn. Um, we also sort of um, parlayed into, the, into some other LinkedIn discussions, and there was a lot of interest. I mean, quite obviously, there was a lot of interest, and, and, and this whole issue of, well, does change management actually make a contribution um, came up. So we then put together a relatively short survey. It's our kind of first foray, and we, we intend to follow up next year to try and tease out from people um, what was the actual effects of change management. Um, so that's how we got started. Okay, uh, who participated in the survey? How many people? 
Um, there was about, we, we surveyed 2,500 project and change managers. We have quite a large database. I mean, um, we've trained a lot of people over the years, plus like a lot of companies like ours, we have a lot of people that sign up for our newsletter. We have about 3,000 people that sign up every month for our newsletter or are signed up. We had about a 12% response rate, which wasn't too bad actually. Um, you know, we just sent it out to people. We followed up once rather limply. Um, and so we, you know, we got about, let's say, about 300 people responding. Okay. And what what was the premise? I mean, how did you define change management? You were saying that change, you wanted to find out if change management really mattered in a project. So how did you mm. define that? Okay, good question. Um, we used a pretty classic definition of change management. We didn't try to give people our precise definition. We have a process called people-centered implementation. And we just used a pretty classic one as a, as a sort of two-fold definition. One is what are the steps the organization needs to take to implement change. So, for example, a communication plan. So, for example, an involvement strategy. So, for example, strong executive leadership. I mean, there's lots of them. Plus, you know, um, the help given to people to adapt. So we sort of, kind of gave a two-step two definition. Change management is the steps organizations need to take to implement change for people, from a people perspective, plus, you know, the help that's given to people to adapt. So, you know, do, you know for example, have, have, do their frontline managers help them learn how to do this particular change? Are they coaching them? Is the organization helping them overcome some of the personal issues they have around the change? So that, that kind of stuff. Okay. So what did you find? Okay. Um, actually, the results are really interesting. And we're, as you know, we're going to give people the, um, the URL um, or our website address at the end, so people should look at it. Um, if, you, if you focus on large changes, and the large changes for us was where more than a, about a million and a half dollars was spent on implementation. Um, First finding was that people are not spending that much on change management, which is kind of hardly a surprise. Um, about 77% of people said they spent less than 10% of the total implementation budget on change management. Um, so, so no real surprises there. But, um, but two things really. One is that that kind of conflicts a little bit with what the big five consultants sort of tell you and other data that we've seen about what it takes to make a successful project. So. Um, people often give you a numbers of 15, 20% of the implementation budget. So, so bear that in mind, but I think there were three interesting data points. 67% um, of the participants said the changes they were thinking about had improved customer service. Um, most participants thought they had um, engineered, created, I don't know, enabled, whatever words appeal to people, an improvement in or a change in behavior that was required for the change. And 10% of the people in the study saw themselves as being very successful doing that. So that's kind of, I, I don't know, you could, you could mix those results. But the big finding, I suppose, the third big finding was that there seemed to be, people seemed to be quite ready to isolate very high financial returns for using change management. So, so roughly, without going into all the background to it, people were, you know, our estimates from the survey was that people were saying, really, for every dollar we spend on change management, we get about $6.50 back. Um, so those numbers were very high for us, and, I, and I, when we come to some of the challenges in the survey, I'll go for that. But big three results, people thought a lot of improvement in customer service. Some people thought they'd changed behavior, and 10% of those people thought they changed it a lot. 
Plus, people were seeing actually quite, they were, it seems, able to isolate quite big financial returns from actually using change management. Um, and we're quite precise about a lot of the comments supporting that when we, you know, with the final question about comments. So good news for change agents. Now, are you pretty much asking people who, who were implementing change management, or did you have other people who, who were not implementing, who didn't use change management? To compare against? Hard, just it's, always, it's always a little bit hard to tell from the, thank you, it's always really a little bit hard to tell from the job titles um, where exactly people were. We asked them to think about changes that they had, Im, they had implemented. So my guess is the majority of the people were project managers, change managers, managers, Six Sigma people. I mean, they're the bulk of the people that would, Six Sigma professionals, they're the bulk of the people that would kind of come into our, would go into our newsletter. We sent it out to several groups in LinkedIn. Um, so it's those kind of professional people, I think. So that may, that may of course, um, slightly taint the survey. If you and ask their executives, they may have a different opinion. <laughs> and what types <laughs> of projects were, were the people who responded implementing? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's interesting. We, uh, we asked them what the most prominent projects were um, in their um, organization. Sorry about the rattling the paper here. Um, the biggest one, which is hardly any surprise given that most of the Western world is in recession, um, was projects to increase productivity. Um, so that might explain some of the high numbers, but doesn't really explain change management. I mean, change management techniques are notoriously poorly used on efficiency projects generally. Um, so the top three were increased productivity, improved quality, and efficiency savings. So all the things you'd think to be done with recession, really. Okay. Well, what are the practical implications of these results? I think there's, um, we're going to do some more work on this next year, and if anybody listening has done any work on this, I'd love to kind of exchange ideas or exchange documents around this. Um, and I think my biggest, there's two practical lessons I think I take away. One is I think as, as I guess most of the people listening to this broadcast are going to be interested in change, change management. They're doing jobs that, you know, we would loosely call change agents, change leaders. I guess the first positive lesson is maybe we need to start being more positive. Um, most of the presentations, including some of mine, I would add, that I ever see on change management, kind of a bit scary. You know, if you don't do this, it's all going to fail, and here's the stats, and here's what's going to happen. Um, and maybe you know we need to start viewing change management as a more practical tool in the way in which you might do you know marketing. You never see a marketing presentation which is this is going to be the end of the world if we don't do this. Uh, maybe we just need to be you know start being more positive and I don't know more bullish um, and, and kind of get after it. I think the second thing is um, I think we've got to try and make more efforts to kind of track and measure. Results. I mean, one of my observations of the, you know, having been an internal change agent up to 15 years ago and then kind of working, we've trained over 10,000 people in 15 years, so working with a lot of people is that, you know, it, once the project's over, no one ever tracks anything, no one ever goes back. Um, and maybe inside organizations, change agents, project managers need to start collecting some of this data because um, it could be very attractive for them. So two things, track and measure ROI. We're done. 
<laughs> That's it. Yeah, we're off. Right. On to the next thing. I don't have time to look back. I got to keep moving forward. Yeah, kind of yeah. And people, you know, as you know, Heather, people are just kind of overwhelmed with um, change projects often, especially in large organisations. You know, most people report back just they just got too much to do. But I, one of the things we did in the survey, incidentally, which I, I learned from doing training kind of um, studies years ago, was that we took quite a short-term horizon. We knew that's kind of flawed, and we mentioned it in the white paper. Um, but we said to people, look, look, think about a project six to nine months, or if, if you're into a project, pick one, pick a place six to nine months from initiation. Um, because of that very reason, there's just very few people actually finish these projects and have some time to go back. So we said, what's happening kind of in the short to medium term on a lot of these projects? What, what results are you seeing? After that, results could, could get better or worse. We don't know that yet. We might find out more next year. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, the first answer to the practical implications, you said that we should be more positive instead of doomsday. Mm. Um, it, may, it reminds me of uh, when I used to do change as part of my job uh, within the company. Uh, I... You know, a lot of times the executive team saw they actually called it fluff. <laughs> you know, yeah. talking about the people side of things and, and oh, you want to do a survey? So it would have helped to have a number like this to say it's not just about you know necessarily doing the right thing or or um, mm. this isn't going to work if we don't do this. There's actually returns that you can get because you're doing things, because you're including people and, and taking their concerns into account and things like that. Yeah. No, I think, I think that's absolutely fluff, the soft stuff. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it varies a lot from companies. companies. Some companies really kind of become believers in change management. Sure. But for some other people, it just feels very, very soft to them. Mm -hmm. And I think they don't always believe the numbers, you know, this sort of failure rates that are always trotted out and so on. Uh, I just wonder, as a profession, whether we just ought to be a bit more upbeat and a bit more positive and a bit more kind of, of course, you should be doing this. You know, mm -hmm. um, we're not the only people that kind of get battered at presentations. You know, so we're not the only <laughs> profession where exe executives kind of say, "Look, prove it. I don't like it." Um, you know, I think perhaps sometimes I see some of the, the, the blogs on LinkedIn and other things, and it, it's, it just seems a slightly different world than some of the rest of the. Certainly, the executives I work with live in. I think. Um, How so? So it's. I don't know. A lot of. I think a, a lot of concern on um, the menu item. A lot of. I mean, all the stuff of, that we had a couple of years ago, and still permutates lot of the blogs of kind of traditional change management versus emergent. Most executives, most people who hire people to do this stuff, don't really care. They just want something that works. They're very happy to have blended approaches, the best of. Um, and yet a lot of the, most of the change blogs don't reflect the fact that we're actually all trying to work together to change businesses and, and help people transition and make people more resilient. It's kind of, sorry, you start me on a hobby horse here. We, should we get back to the study? <laughs> 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 all right. <laughs> well, uh, what were some of the surprises that you found? In the survey. Okay. Um, I was a bit surprised how positive the results were given my last comment, um, but that's quite <laughs> quite small. Um, I think one of the I don't know if it's a surprise. One of the interesting things, 
And I think this leads on to, um, we'll, we'll talk about concerns and things in a minute. I think one of the most interesting things was I came away thinking that actually there wasn't a correlation necessarily between the amount of money spent on change management and the results people got. Um, now, that fitted kind of with my intuition and, my, and the team's intuition on the subject that, you know, you can do some great change management things that don't cost very much money. Um, but still, that was surprising, really, because there's a lot of angst often in the profession about people not spending enough money on change management, companies don't spend enough, we don't have enough people. And yet, when we ask those very people, the, the change agents, the professionals, you know, they're kind of saying it didn't matter too much in a, in a sense that, you know, this normal number that's banded around, that I have banded around for years, incidentally, of 15 to 20% spent on of implementation spend should be on change management. Maybe that's just not, not right. Um, maybe it's this, and I'll come to that in a minute, maybe there's some other things which are, are, are more important. So that would be my surprise, really. Okay, so it doesn't, well, percentage-wise, it doesn't mat, seem to matter how much you're spending as a percentage of the project. You still are getting results either way, yeah. whether it's high or low. Yeah, I mean, let me, I mean, if it's, there obviously are some things in change management which cost money, aren't they? I mean, if we're putting an SAP system in or we're doing a massive behavioral change program, we've got a lot of training to be done. You'd want that done professionally. You'd want that done well, I assume. Um, you and me would certainly <laughs> want that. Um, and so that's got to cost money, isn't it? It's not kind of free. You know, you can't put together, a, you know, it has to be done professionally. Well, there's a cost there. But there's some other things, for example, that seem really powerful in change, don't they, than, that we've all worked with, which is like leadership role modeling. That doesn't cost you anything. And I guess that, you know, thinking about the survey and it moving on, some of these ideas, I think a kind of next step probably is to try and tease out um, what, the, uh, what the effect of various interventions is. So, you know, is a strong involvement plan more effective than training, for example, in terms of shifting people's behavior, building commitment, getting bottom-line results. Mm -hmm. um, that would be interesting. I think we don't know much about that as the profession. I think most of us operate from a script that we learned that worked at some point, and we kind of tend to do those things. I mean, one of my scripts is always, I always think that engaging people a kind of pull strategy for anything to do with behavioral change has got to be better than a push strategy. Um, so we all work from scripts. I'm not exempting myself from that, but... I think maybe we get more data from that um, and begin to understand that a bit more would be helpful. Um, and that would enable well, us. Go on. I'm sorry. I was going to say that, well, it makes me wonder how people quantified the cost of change management. Was it just the dollar outlay to, to pay professionals for training, for example, or were they including their own time and the time of leadership? And do you know? I'm not actually sure about that because we didn't do any follow-up. Um, I think for the big projects, I mean, there was, there was a series of people who were doing quite small projects. My guess is that the cost of that actually is harder to tease out than the large projects. So I think for many large projects that I see, you know, the million-dollar-plus projects, people generally have a change management, you know, they have a line at least that's identified in there as change management. Um, we do a lot of work with, you know, some of the large consulting firms and, you um, you know, most of the time they can point to a budget in the client's line. This is how much we've got to spend. So, so I guess it's, it's an overall number. It, 
sometimes includes user training and sometimes doesn't, actually, because that can get wrapped up in the technical budget sometime rather than the, the change management budget. So that would be another interesting, that's kind of another flaw, another bit to, ex to explore, I think, next year is when you say change management budget, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. So any other surprises? No, I don't think so, really. I was kind of su I was pleasantly surprised how many people did it. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't have to follow up very much. I mean, it's clearly something that people were interested in. It gets back to a point I, I made early on, really, is that I think there's been very little work done over the years, including by us, um, on actually trying to tease out the effect of the change management component of a project. It's messy, I understand that, but I think it gets to the kind of heart of the issue. But other than that, no, no real surprises. I think the other, thing, the other thing to bear in mind about the survey, and we've, we'll come on to this again hopefully later on, is um, it, it's a self-report survey, isn't it? Sure. You know. Um, um, so that, and, that brings me to the question, what are your concerns about the study, or you know, what, what are you going to change for next time? Okay, lots of things, I think, really. Um, I think it's a bit too small. I, I still think it's, it's kind of, although we had 300 responses, I'd like to see more. Um, and it was quite siloed because we got quite a lot of information from um, change agents, project managers, Six Sigma professionals. Um, having said that, I have seen surveys on project success over the years, um, not so much the last couple of years, but you used to see a lot of surveys which suggested executives were actually much more bullish about the results of change, much more positive about the results of change than anybody else in the organization. Now, if we were, if we wanted to smile for a couple of minutes, we could probably um, pr make a prognosis of why that is. Um, there's probably some quite humorous reasons in there, but there's also some quite good reasons in there, I suspect. Um, and so I think finding out from other groups in the organization how they see the effects of change management would be very positive. And that relates to the second point, really, which I mentioned before. It, it self-reports. Um, in order to get a good response, we found, you can't ask people to do too deep an analysis. So maybe we need to do a much sort of smaller survey to support the bigger survey next time, which maybe goes in and tries to interview executives and people to understand a bit more of what they're seeing. Um, we use this methodology asking people to look six to nine months out. Um, that's kind of, that's great. I think it helps people focus. As we said earlier on ROI, that is, can be a long while out. And when we get there, people have lost the energy to measure it. So it's kind of positive, but it is only six, nine months out. We don't know whether in 24 months it's going to be better or worse. Um, lastly, well, by that time, you've moved on to something else anyway. Yeah, but yeah, in 24 I months, you already replaced what you, are, what you implemented the first time. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we're the, what do we say, the, uh, the shoemaker's children here. Uh, I mean, we, we, I can't remember any, we, you know, we run out of energy in our own company to go back and measure the ROI after two years. Um, so let alone lecturing clients on it. Um, <laughs> I suppose two other small, two other big things, which I've already mentioned, though, is um, just this idea of trying to work. I think we might try and do a bit more. Another question which tries to get at what the most powerful change management interventions are that people see, to see if we can buy, build some lever, you know, some, some idea of leverage model. Um, and then the other thing which I, I probably won't get into, we won't get into, is I, I'm really not sure how much different company cultures influence this. 
Um, you know, we find some cultures, for example, in for example, in the engineering sector, you know, large engineering-based companies, um, they're quite, you know, a very pro-change management. Do it quite, you know, it's because it's part of their culture. You know, once they embrace the change management process, they tend to do it every time. Um, other organisations, that's not so, but certain change management techniques might work in those other organisations. So I think a lot of concerns, a lot of work, and I think we just try to get off to a good, fast start, and I think it's produced some interesting information ever. Yeah, I agree. So let's just recap the results for anyone who might have started listening late. Okay. Um, results. Let's just do a quick summary. Uh, there were some, about 300 people surveyed um, out of 2,500 people survey were sent to, mainly change agents, project managers, Six Sigma professionals. Um, if you look... About half the people said they were working on changes more than a million and a half dollars in terms of implementation spend, not just change management spend, but the total they spend on implementation. Um, the majority, the vast majority said they'd spent less than 10% of that budget on change management. But there were three big results, really. 67% um, of the survey said that their, their process had improved customer service in some way or other. Um, most of the people saw improvements in behavior, or changes, sorry, that's not the word I'm looking for, improvements, but changes in behavior that they were looking for, new ways of working. And 10% themselves, people saw, 10% of people saw themselves as very successful. But the biggest finding was that people seemed quite ready to isolate the financial effects of change management. And we did that in such a way that we could easily calculate what the return was. And I guess in, to finish off, what we would say is that the first survey seemed to indicate that for every dollar that you spend on change management, you get $6.50 back in terms of people improving their behavior, improving customer service, moving to the new way of working. Um, so That's pretty we phenomenal. We landed up with a very phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of inspired us to do another survey to make sure it's right. But even right. if it was half, even if it was half, right. it, you know, that's a phenomenal number, isn't it? Um, so, and we've double-checked the numbers, and we'll, we'll see. But I, I think um, do another survey next year, but it, I think it's good news for change agents. Maybe we can just move to a more positive note now and start talking about the results we get from change management, the results we get from doing great work. Great. Great idea. So where can listeners find out more? Okay, if you come on to our, our site, our site is uh, changefirst.com. It's exactly as you imagined, changefirst, all one word, .com. Um, the results of the survey is a newsletter. There's a, um, a white paper going up in the next few days, and we'll get that to you. Um, if you want any more information, then you can email me. Um, I'm david.miller at changefirst.com, and I'll send you any information that you need um, or you want to help it, you need in your organization. Great. And I will also be posting a link to the results on my website in a blog post as well. So That's people can great. find it there. And I, I would also assume if people are interested now in helping you in your research, that they could also contact you that way as well. Yeah, no, that would be phenomenal. Thank you. And thank you for your interest, Heather, in our survey. Really, really appreciate the interview. Time. Oh, yeah. Well, as soon as I saw it on, on Twitter, I said, well, I need to know that information. <laughs> and I know the people who are listening <laughs> to my show 
could really use it as well. So thank you uh, for calling all the way from Germany to be on the show. I appreciate it. All thank right. you for being here. Auf Wiedersehen. <laughs> so the next show is coming up in two weeks, and the topic is PMO, that's the Project Management Office, as Change Agent. That's coming up on Tuesday, October 26, 2010, at 11 a.m. Eastern. My guest is Brian Horgan from United Illuminating, who uh, I, sh I was going to say who recently presented, but actually I think he's presenting today at the PMI Congress uh, about his story converting the project management office in his company to focus more on change management. In the meantime, if you would like to find more resources and learn how we might work together to help you influence change in your organization, please visit www.enclaria.com. Thank you so much for listening to the Change Agents Dilemma. Take care and best wishes for your change initiative. Using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks. Whippy, whippy, whippy. Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky. Time to switch to hefty, ultra-strong trash bags, always at an ultra-low price. There are best bags yet, and they cost less than Glad Force Flex were sold head to head. So you'll be happy, happy, happy. Hefty Ultra Strong with Arm and Hammer Odor Control. Available at Sam's Club. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks. Whippy, whippy, whippy. Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky. Time to switch to hefty, ultra-strong trash bags, always at an ultra-low price. There are best bags yet, and they cost less than Glad Force Flex were sold head-to-head. -head. So you'll be happy, happy, happy. Hefty Ultra Strong with Arm & Hammer Odor Control. Available at Sam's Club. Hefty, hefty, hefty.